Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Um, I was watching, you know, something really important, the Food Network, the other night. And they're running an ad for a new series of a show that's starting tonight. The Worst Cooks in America. I'm trying to figure out if I'm supposed to be offended by that because it's starting on Father's Day. I mean, in my case, it's absolutely true. You never want to eat my cooking. If you're ever offered food that I have cooked, run, okay? Um, So, but let's be serious. I'm offended now that they did that on Father's Day, so I'm going to boycott the Food Network. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But on that line of thinking, it is Father's Day, and fathers, I apologize because this is not exactly the best Father's Day message. If we talk about revenge, (laughs) um, please don't be offended by it and boycott listening, okay? Don't don't like just shut off the ears and quit because because here's the deal. You're going to understand this as we get into Matthew 5, but Jesus taught this to everybody gathered on a hillside that day, and it's applicable to everybody. It wasn't just for the men, but it was for the men, it was for the ladies, it was for the dads, it was for kids, it's for everybody. So we're going to jump into it, but I have to be honest with you, Jesus isn't very nice (laughs) when he teaches this, because he expects us to do it. (laughs) And you'll see as we go along, hopefully, you'll understand. Matthew 5 verse 38 says, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now here we see Jesus restating what the Jewish people had understood for years. The punishment must match the injury. And why would he have to communicate that? Why would he say that? And let's go to where he is referencing the law. And we see from the law of Moses that is exactly what is prescribed. Right? The punishment must fit the crime. So Deuteronomy 19 says this, verse 16. If a malicious witness comes forward and accuses someone of a crime, then both the accuser and accused must appear before the Lord by coming to the priests and judges in office at that time. The judges must investigate the case thoroughly. If the accuser has brought false charges against his fellow Israelite, you must impose on the accuser the sentence he intended for the other person. In this way, you will purge such evil from among you. 
then the rest of the people will hear about it and be afraid to do such an evil thing. You must show no pity for the guilty. Your rule should be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Well, that's encouraging. But there's something interesting here. When you look at this, and when you hear it, notice this passage, and this will be restated in some other places, but notice this passage in Deuteronomy says, if a malicious witness comes forward and accuses someone of a crime, it has to be investigated. Interestingly, the punishment that was intended, and if they did so falsely, then the sentence should be doled out on the accuser. That would have been the sentence for the crime that was committed. Interesting thought. You can imagine that would have interesting ramifications in our world today. Would in any world at any time. But it's interesting to me that you also see this, this eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Jesus is saying to the people gathered that you've heard it said this way, and if you didn't know about it in Deuteronomy, he could have referenced Exodus 21, which says, but if there is further injury, the punishment must match the injury, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. If that's not enough, Leviticus says it this way. Leviticus 24, 18, anyone who kills another person's animal must pay for it in full, a live animal for the animal that was killed. Anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted. A fracture for a fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, whatever anyone does to injure another person must be paid back in kind. Can you imagine that on a playground in a schoolyard? We can see that definitely it would devolve into chaos, right? And it would devolve into chaos no matter what. We also need to understand that when this is being communicated in the law, they're one, appearing before the Lord and those in authority at that moment, and all these punishments were designed to be doled out or, or implemented by those in authority. And the people gathered that day on the hillside with the Sermon on the Mount would understand that Jesus is referring to exactly this. And it's really important to understand all of this when Jesus says the words he says in Matthew 5. When we look at Proverbs, because again, it's the responsibility of those in authority to carry out those things. Proverbs 20, 22 says, don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Proverbs 24, 29 says, and don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. Look, I don't know about you, but my tendencies would be not getting just even <laughs> i'd want to get ahead okay look if you let's go to a fun way of looking if you have a friend who they, they've enjoyed you've enjoyed going back and forth with practical jokes right or like would happen like in my younger years when i would spend summers with my aunt like you you would be walking past a place in the house and they would be hiding, scaring you. 
like as in laying on the floor or behind a dryer and jump out and scare you. Okay, now let's be honest. We don't want to just get even. We want to get ahead, right? We don't want to be one behind. We don't even want to get even. And that's really about the way that we approach punishment is we actually generally want someone to get worse than they caused us. Okay, now I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to, to go into the merits of the case and all these things because I kind of like legal kind of things, but, but back in about 1994, there was this kind of famous lawsuit that took place involving McDonald's and coffee. If you're old enough to recognize, be alive for that, you realize what it is right away. Look, there's been copycat lawsuits from that one because this one was successful, but all the ones coming after have not been, okay? But here's why people would be signing up for that. Okay, now, here's what happened. Lady goes through, her name was Stella. She goes through uh, the drive through at McDonald's with her grandson. Her grandson is driving, first mistake, no, just kidding, um, and so, so she, she goes through the drive-thru, they pull over and park, she grabs her cup of coffee, and she's trying to put something in it, she goes to pull the lid off, but as she pulls the lid, she flips the coffee and burns herself. Third degree burns, terrible thing. She actually tries to settle with McDonald's for her medical fees. They don't want to. So I, I get it, all right? I get the whole thing. Right, get, you know, she shouldn't have, she did spill it. I'm, I'm just saying, so not talking about merits of the case, but it goes to court. The jury awards $160,000 for medical expenses. And if those are legitimate, wonderful, not a problem. They also award $2.7 million in punitive damages. Little third degree burns. I'll take it for 2.7 million. Okay? I mean, like, let's be honest, right? I mean, like, it was, you know, yeah, I, I get it. She was older. It was a lot more bad for her. Like, I get it. But I'm thinking, you know, it might be worth a couple weeks in the hospital. 2.7 million. I mean, that's, I don't know. So I'm just asking, when you look at that, that almost paints the picture, right? Whenever we get involved, and in this case, lawyers got involved, um, they tend to go for more than the damages that actually existed, right? You just tend to go there, right? Now, like, I mean, it's a hard time for us believing that really 2.7 million is what was there, right? And, and it, it got lowered, understand, through appeal and all that stuff. It, it did get lowered, and I think it ended up at like $700,000, okay? But... Generally, human nature, the injured party wants to get more than what was inflicted, right? Because of, again, emotional pain, all those things. And so if one animal was killed, they would want to get two. Notice that they have to put it in the law for people to get to the place where they only get even, Okay. There's a reason why you're going to put that in the law, because people are not going to settle for that. There's a reason why it had to go in the law, because, well, humans don't want to just get even. They tend to want to get ahead. And so Jesus is saying that to the people gathered in the hillside, 
And he's saying, look, you've understood this historically, and it's right. Like, you've understood it this way. But as he's done in all of his other teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, it starts with this thing that says, you've heard it said, but I say. And this is Jesus pushing the people of his day further than they thought they had to go. Which means Jesus is pushing us further than we thought we have to go. See, this is a requirement of the follower of Jesus. This isn't just a suggestion. This is actually, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, Jesus wants us to live this out. And he was saying that to the people in the Sermon on the Mount. He was saying that to the people on the hillside. And he's saying, look, you've heard this, but I'm telling you this. Which honestly, if you want my honest opinion, that's not very nice of Jesus. Because here's the reason. Do you know who's responsible for doing it? Just the followers of Jesus. People who are not followers of Jesus, they don't have to do this. They can do whatever they want. You and I, because we're followers of Jesus, we actually have to do this. He's commanding us to do this, and he was commanding the people that day that if you're going to follow me, you need to do this. So he says... In verse 38, you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. Okay, he didn't even say, just show some grace to people who didn't mean it. He actually says, don't resist an evil person. <laughs> people who meant to inflict pain on you. The person who's like, you know, I just feel like Shoot me a cow today. Boom. An evil person. Not just a person who made a mistake. He said, don't resist an evil person. Let's take a couple minutes to understand this. Because at this point, the Jewish people didn't have the ability to manage justice in their own land. At this point, Israel was ruled by the Romans. And with the mercy of the Romans, everywhere they went, in the streets, in the courts, in the presence of the military, in the everyday world of financial matters, the Jewish leaders had little or no power to execute justice to protect their own people. It's against this backdrop that Jesus is teaching this. And at this point, Jesus has four very specific examples that the people of the first century would be familiar with. But we might need a little more understanding. And here's the first one. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek as well. Okay, now, you know, in this whole quarantine thing, there's been no sports on television, right? So we're starting to find other sports that existed that we had no idea existed. Now, some of you have not gonna have seen this, but... There's a sport in like, you know, Siberia and Russia where they like, it's almost like arm wrestling, but you hold on to a table and a person across the table just slaps you as hard as they can right across the cheek. If you ain't seen it, you need to watch it because here's what happens. They slap them hard enough that they literally knock them out. So you'll see guys just go like this and they catch them. And smelling salts are 
there to try to get them back so they can walk up and slap the other guy. Another reason why women live longer than men. I'm just saying. I'm like, what? Seriously, that's like a sport? It is. It is. In that case, they do offer each other their cheeks to slap. That's not what Jesus was talking about. In fact, when people were slapped across the cheek in that time frame, it was an attack on a person's dignity and honor. So when they get slapped across the face and it's humiliating, Jesus is saying, offer the other cheek as well. In fact, the Roman authorities and those who were soldiers would often do that to humiliate and demean those who've been conquered. So when you think about it, there are cultures that when you see the shoe come off, you know there's a problem, right? We saw it a little bit in, in, in news footage and things like that. When people pull off a shoe and start slapping a statue, that was the ultimate in, in offense. And, and, and that's really what's happening here. Jesus is saying people are going to, all right, so we might not get slapped across a face in our culture. But how often do we hear somebody say something to us? How often do we take offense to things that people say or do, and we tend to think of it as an attack on our dignity, our honor, our manhood, etc. I don't know what it is, but whenever somebody does something that offends us, we don't turn the other cheek, we don't open ourselves back up, we actually close ourselves off and we say, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to deal with this. And in the reality is, Jesus is saying, you have to continually open yourself back up to that. And he starts with, do not resist an evil person. The greatest responsibility we have is not to fight for personal rights, but to lay down our lives for the kingdom of heaven. If we don't get it from that one, he goes on in verse 40, and he says, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. Uh, Again, if we're taken to court for our shirts, give your coat. All right, let's put it in modern context. Your neighbor sues you for a million is commanded by the courts. How many times you ever seen I got this. You have to pay them a million? No problem. Here's two. Does that ever happen? No. In fact, the award is a million. I'm going to I'm going to appeal the case because I believe it should be less. And Jesus saying, okay, if your shirt is taken from you in court, you've been drugged into court, and they've wrongly taken your shirts, give them your coat as well. And that's a huge statement because when you think about that culture, that coat, if it was offered up in pledge for a loan, 
had to be returned by sunset because it was so important for survival for a poor person. And so Jesus is saying, yes, somebody's going to ask you for this. Somebody's going to ask this. And instead of asking, instead of going and retaliating, trying to figure out a way to sue them for something, give them your coat as well. Remember, it all starts with this phrase that says, do not resist an evil person. I'm okay with do not resist a nice person. (laughs) I'm not so sure about do not resist an evil person. That seems a little harder to do. And if we don't already get it, then Jesus says in the next verse, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for one mile, carry it two miles. Okay, so here's the story. Roman occupation. A Roman soldier could command someone to carry their stuff. And the law said, and then to carry their gear for a mile. So, the people of the day would literally at their front door measure off a mile and a mile. And they would figure out that there was a specific distance that they had to carry. So they'd be like, you know, and here's the deal. When they carried that gear for a mile, if it were me, it would sound a little bit like this. Stupid Roman soldiers. I hate them. They're so disgusting. I can't believe they can do this to us. Why in the world? It's so wrong. And at the end of the mile, boom, pick up your own junk. But Jesus says, if you're commanded to carry it one mile, carry it two Here's why. Because the first mile is commanded by the law. The second mile begins to show the difference that someone's life has been changed by the power of God. The second mile is all about the kingdom of heaven. The second mile is all about people understanding that Jesus makes a difference. It's all about serving. It's all about laying down their life. And at some level, it's actually stating to the Roman soldier, you may think you own me. You do not. I have an allegiance that's greater than Roman law. It's called Jesus. It's called the God of Israel. And so no longer is that the case. And see, this is interesting. And you know, I have this Chick-fil-A addiction. I, I love Chick-fil-A. You know that if you've heard, you've heard me talk about it. Uh, this is where Chick-fil-A's second mile service comes from. It's kind of a weird verse of Scripture for that to come from, but here's their thinking. Their thinking behind this is this. If someone goes into Chick-fil-A and they order a meal... There's a transaction taking place. If I order the number one and I get the chicken sandwich, I'm supposed to get two pickles on that sandwich. If I get one pickle, I've been cheated. I need two pickles. And actually, I don't need two pickles because I take them off and give them to Angela. But she wants my two pickles, so I probably should still get them. So, so here's the deal. 
I get that, and there's a certain level of a transaction that's supposed to take place in that time. And as long as that's met, then that's the first mile. But Chick-fil-A's thought is, you're paying me for this, you ought to get that, and it ought to be right, it ought to be good, and it ought to be quality. But we want to do something that's going to go a little beyond that. We want to go the second mile. We want to show you that we really appreciate you here. We, we love the fact that you've come to our, to our restaurant. We want to serve you. We want to go beyond your expectations. That's where their second mile service comes from. And that's the perspective of the kingdom, is that we're to go further than is commanded so that we can show our heart to serve and to lay it on our life for those we're serving. Now, if you thought the other three were easy, the last one isn't so much fun either. Verse 42 says, Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, remember, put this in context. Do not resist an evil person. Okay? This last one's hard to do. Hard to do for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is, is because, first of all, we have to have some extra generally around to, to be able to give out of that, right? We, we have to help people. If we're going to help people, we probably should not go into debt to do it. We probably should help people. We should help people out of our resources, what we have. So Jesus is telling people, and he's telling the people, gather on the hillside, lend to those who ask, not just those who you see have legitimate need you're probably going to be taken advantage of. Some people won't use what you give them properly. Look, I can come up with all kinds of reasons why I shouldn't help people. I've been burned plenty of times helping people. Jesus has too. I mean, some of you know this story, maybe you don't. But I once, in one week's time, was hit up by the same person three times. Once at the office during the week, once at the front door on a Sunday morning, and once in the Walmart parking lot, all in seven days. I helped him the first time. The second time I said, you know, I just helped you the other day, and you told me the same story, and it was an emergency. Then they hit me up again in the Walmart parking lot. And I was told, no, 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 I've never talked to you before. My memory might be bad, <laughs> but I wasn't forgetting this. There's no way, right? And somehow, some way, we got to balance this tension of, of working through those things, right? We have, to, we have to be willing to help, and we have to be willing to serve, and we have to be willing to let people make mistakes, and at the same time, be a good steward of all that God has given us. And it's such a tension, and it's a tension that we've got to manage, probably not a problem we have to solve. We've got to figure out how to do it, and we've got to be sensitive to, to lean on the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're going to think that we're being led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to miss it. And I get it, right? We're going to be taken advantage of. 
But that is not the problem. Jesus is telling us, do not resist the evil person. Not wanting to take revenge on those who inflict pain in our lives is a difficult proposition. Look, going further and extending mercy and grace to somebody who is guilty is extremely difficult to do. And yet, that is the heart of the kingdom of God. That is the heart of Jesus. That's what he did for us. That's what he's done for us. It's what he continues to do by extending grace and mercy and forgiveness to us. And we're going to have a struggle with this as long as we remain living on this planet. Because this is not easy. It's easy if we just read it real quick and go on to something else. It's not easy if we begin to dig into what Jesus is speaking in the context of the day he speaks it. Look, the greatest example I've ever seen of this in my lifetime, personal experience, not story to be told, but personal experience, is when my friend's daughter was killed by a 15-year-old driver driving a car without a license at 90 miles per hour after school and hit my friend's car with his daughter sitting in it behind a school bus letting kids off of a school bus. The impact killed her almost instantly. Not a physical scratch on her body but was hit so hard she got a concussion that killed her. That kid should never have driven. Probably should have gone to jail for some time. My friends extended mercy and grace. In fact, they pled with the district attorney to not punish the kid harshly. Didn't want him to go to jail. Didn't want him to go through pain. Didn't want to ruin his life. Didn't want an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Didn't want that. Wanted grace and mercy extended. Wanted to show the love of Christ in the midst of it. That's exactly what this passage of Scripture is teaching. Exactly that. And I watched that in a moment and thought, that's amazing. Oh, I did the funeral. Yeah, I was up close. <laughs> that funeral is right here in this building, even though I wasn't the youth pastor here. I don't know if I could have done it. And when you look at this passage of Scripture, yeah, we look at this and we, and we look at that and we, we read this and we, and we say, oh, that, that's, you know, I mean, we'll never have a situation in our lives that we'll have to do something like this. I hope not. 
But truth be told, there's a lot of really small things that we let become really, really big because we refuse to do exactly what Jesus is teaching right here. And that's just with people who aren't evil. Okay? We, we have people who actually are good-hearted and, and they'll say something, they'll do something, and we're like, well, I don't like you no more. I'm not going to talk to you. We're not talking about mean people. They may have said something mean. They may have done something that's not right. But they didn't mean to inflict pain. They're not evil. And yet Jesus is saying, don't resist the evil person. Why? Because our responsibility is to further the kingdom of heaven in everything we do with our lives. Right? So Jesus is here. As he's on this planet, he's doing exactly that. He is figuring a way to help people understand the kingdom of God is here, but it's not really here completely. It's here, but but it's going to be fulfilled later. But but I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And I need you to see it. And I need to teach you. And I need you to understand it. And so for us now, we are in that same position where we are trying to point people to the kingdom, point people to the Savior. And if we always are looking to bring revenge, we're missing the heart of the kingdom. We actually have to extend grace and mercy and love and kindness And allow ourselves to be slapped on both sides of the cheek. And walk two miles instead of one. And to serve people in a way that is not normal. It's not natural. But it is supernatural. It is doing things that are empowered by God. Not done in man's own strength. And it's in those moments that people will really see the power of Christ in us. So I'm sure there may be some places within this message that you would say, I need help. Look, I had to put this together. I see places... In my life, I need a lot of help. The good part is, Jesus is willing to help us. Are we going to be perfect from this point forward? No, absolutely not. I hope you are, because I'm going to need it. You're going to need it. We all need grace, we all need forgiveness, we all need to extend kindness. We all need to go beyond what's expected in our world today so that people see Christ in us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for this time. Lord, thank you that you do show us grace. You show us mercy. Lord, help us because I know Not resisting evil people is hard to do. Lord, I pray that every one of us would look inside of our own hearts, our own lives, and we would allow you to change us. And Lord, in the everyday, 
interactions we have, would you enable us to extend grace to people? Would you enable us to extend mercy? Would you help us not to want to get revenge? Lord, that we might point people toward you. In Jesus' name.